Hey everyone, this is Marcus Leto, the father of the Master Chief and co-creator of the Halo Universe, and you're listening to Hawaii's number one podcast, the Casanova Podcast. What's up, everyone? It's Mikhail Casanova, host of Decked Up. Welcome to another episode. And today we have a very, very, very special guest. The one, the only Noah of Steam Deck HQ. Noah, how you doing today? Doing all right. Feeling great now. How about you? Uh, I, I'm, I'm drowning in coverage of stuff I need to do. <laughs> so... Like, you, you know that grind. It's like, you oh, got to yeah. do all this stuff. And it's like, it's trying to, I, I think the most frustrating part is um, trying to get stuff, bef- like, trying to get your coverage out before, uh, you know, like the public gets it. So you can go ahead and get all the information to them. And mm-hmm. sometimes that can be hit or miss depending on the company you're working with. And, you know, after doing this for so many years, I'm, I'm kind of at a point now where I'm like, uh, I'll get to it when I get to it. Yeah. <laughs> so- I mean, I can, I can already see, see a gain to that point. Like last week I had about, I, I think I started to realize that I'm over asking or over requesting mm-hmm. keys. And I had like seven games that I needed to review. And I spent like a solid two or three days just hammering out the reviews and seeing which ones were embargoed and which ones need to be uh, out by certain times or couldn't be out by certain times. I I told you earlier, there was someone who like asked me one of the games I reviewed that if I accidentally posted the review early and Mm -hmm. I, I freaked out, like I double check it all and I was fine on it, but it, it was, it, it was traumatizing. I'm like, okay. I don't know if I can keep on like trying to hit those <laughs> embargoes. I can see it in like, you know, trying to do it like five or six months down the road. And I'm like, okay, this is actually going to stress me out. <laughs> and I yeah, can't like, even imagine like bigger games with like that kind of coverage and trying to balance all that. Yeah. It's like, I, I've gotten to a point now where when it comes to covering stuff, like I try, I, I want to keep covering indies because it's kind of, you know, I got started doing that almost mm-hmm. a decade ago, but at, you know, when it comes to indies now is it has to be select ones that I'm covering. Like if it's something from way forward, I'll cover it mm-hmm. or, um, was it arcade crew? I'll cover them because I love their, I, their love for retro games is so strong that, that, um, game that they, they have coming out was it Moonrider. I, I actually saw it. To- I saw, I didn't try it yet, but I saw your tweet about it and I, and so I saw good. the video and I was, I was blown away. I really, I, I didn't, I didn't download the demo yet, but I was like, all right, I've already wishlisted it. I'm ready for it. It looks, yeah. it looks fantastic. It's like what, ha- it's like what would happen if you mixed Shinobi three 
with Ninja Gaiden, with um, Hagane. I don't know how many people ever got to play Hagane. That was a really good Super Nintendo game. And it's it's so fluid. And it runs great on Steam Deck. So if you guys haven't tried it, definitely check out the demo. And you'll, you'll absolutely love it. But, you know, like I, I, I try to, you know, keep showing love to, to the indie companies because they need it. For, for all intents and purposes, you know, for, for the audience who may be watching or listening to this, uh, when, it, when you're a content creator or your press outlet, um, of course, you know, AAA games, AA games, they're going to get that marketing. They're going to get that media. But the problem is when it comes to, to indies, a lot of them don't have the budget at all for any type of press and you know social media is the only way they can get it out so if you can cover it great if you know especially if you're looking to get into like reviewing games reach out and work with indies you know and that, that's a great place to start but yeah i i'm um selective with indies now triple a games i kind of have to like i have to space it out because i'm at a point now man like they're so long yeah. And in stuff like Square Enix right now, I love Square Enix. Trust me, I love you guys. But <laughs> it's the last couple months, they have been just dropping like every two weeks there's a new game. And I'm like I know I've been I've been seeing all of them and they all look so fantastic. I've wanted to play them and I've talked to you about some of them, and it's just it's made it so hard to have not played them yet. When there's so many other games that I'm also trying to cover, but they, they they've they had a great like last two months, I want to say like November and you know December. Like, did you see on the um, most played uh, games for November that Tactics Ogre Reborn was there? Yeah, yeah, I thought that That's was incredible, <laughs> right? For and that was the only game that actually released in November. Like every other game on that list has been out for a while or came out earlier than November, and I saw it there, and I was I was pretty excited to see it. And and that's is crazy because I was talking to my um one of my friends uh power uh, power oh gaming gaming chick I, I call her power level Amy but she uh she and I like we've been gaming for close to thirty well me over 30 years her yeah i'm aging myself people her <laughs> close to 30 years and like we were saying how like the square enix that has been coming out with stuff this year and last year this is the square enix of the 90s where they mm-hmm. were experimenting like you had yeah you had your final fantasies you know you had your established stuff but they were willing to try new ips and we've gotten a lot of new ips from them this year i mean we've got the deal field chronicles we got um was it a triangle strategy um we got uh harvest stella um was it it's like something days day life something i think that's Another I, one. I know which one you're talking about. I cannot remember the name for the life. Right. It's always like on the tip of your tongue. Yeah. I can't, but I, I know exactly which game you're talking about. It's been it's been really great seeing all these games come out. Square Enix, I've, I love RPGs, especially JRPGs. And Square Enix has always been one of like the big ones that I've always watched. Because I... And especially... When it comes to them experimenting, I, I, as much as I do really enjoy the Final Fantasy series, and oh, I am excited for Crisis Core, I really am. But I love seeing them try something new 
or start to kind of go back to some of the old, some of their old ways. And I feel like they've definitely been, didn't been doing that with Dia Field, Harvestella, Tactics Ogre. I mean, it's, and Romancing Saga as well. You know, I, it's. I didn't know today we actually just got a front mission, the first one. It just came out today. Really? Yeah. I, I was like, these shadow drops need to stop. They really do. Like there, there was a couple in the last couple months where they just released the game, or they released it like eight hours early, and I was like, plan. I had a whole plan to cover it when it released, and then it releases eight hours early. I'm like, okay, but I'm at work right now. What the heck? <laughs> Why would you do this? Like, I had like a whole plan. So, 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 uh, speaking of that, let, let's talk about, uh, talk about Steam Deck HQ. Like how, how did that come about? And, um, let's talk about your process, the journey to where you're at now. Like when people, and I've, I've said this to Steve before privately, but I'll, I'll say it here. When people think of like the go-to for Steam Deck information, optimizations, guides, you know, reviews, they, they, they look to you. You know, like, especially on, on social media. Like, so let's talk about it. The, yeah. the, the floor is yours. Let, let me go ahead and do this for you. <laughs> well, th- well, thank you. Oh, I like seeing my face. So <laughs> I'll start with like kind of how, how the idea came to be. I got my, I got my steam deck in May and I was, I, you know, I started playing games and on the games I was, you know, changing settings as a PC gamer for over 12 years. You know, I, that's kind of, you know, second nature at this point is I, mm-hmm. the first thing I do will always be to go in and change the settings of games to, you know, run as best as possible. And with the overlay that the steam deck uses, it makes it super easy to kind of see as you're changing it, see the actual results. And I love that. Um, when I was, when I was looking online, you know, cause I have followed like the steam deck subreddit I saw some, you know, websites, and the first one I saw was ShareDeck, which mm-hmm. I love the concept of. The problem that I found with it is because it's fully community run, there's a lot of ways that people can just put in, you know, groups of settings that make no sense whatsoever. And mm-hmm. that kind of dilutes the actual good settings. The one that stuck out to me was actually Horizon Zero Dawn. I saw someone who I remember um posted their settings and they reported that they were able to get 40 frames per second at ultra quality and keep the TDP set at eight Watts and somehow get, yeah, no, it made no sense to me. There was no possible way. And this was before, this was before like the UMA, like the four gigabyte uh, Ram and swappiness and all the stuff that cryobyte is doing, you know, mm-hmm. that before all of that started. So there was just there. And when I tested, there was just no possible way that that worked so i wanted to the the other thing that i also felt was missing was that a lot of these builds you know they all kind of went for one specific category they went for you know what's the best quality or like they pushed for frame rate i wanted to kind of put together a database that went a little bit more into detail about performance Mm -hmm. there are or, or how it runs on the Steam Deck, because there are some things that like you can't say or you can't tell just by posting the settings. Like in Ninja Gaiden Sigma 2, for instance, it's a verified oh, yeah. title. 
But any issues. <laughs> I, there's no way that should be a verified title. The the artifacting alone is horrifying. Like yeah. anytime you do like half of the moves you try to do in the game, gigantic graphical artifacts will just dilute the entire screen. So I wanted to kind of create a database that will actually test the games and actually go through it. And for our full reviews, post different builds with different priorities. Like, do you want something that focuses more on battery? Do you want something that focuses more on the frame rate? Are you someone that likes performance? Or do you want something that focuses more on quality and pushing like the highest graphical fidelity that you can? And there, cause I have some games where I like to push the frame rate, like first person shooters, for instance, that I can't do at 30. It mm -hmm. really, it really doesn't feel good to me. I know I can stomach it for some games like dark tide. I was able to stomach it, but I still don't think it runs as well as it should yet. Mm -hmm. But like for most games, sometimes 40 frames per second feels fine. Sometimes it needs to be closer to 60 or yeah. like to, and from all the PC gaming, I'm very frame rate sensitive. So I can see those little things and it bugs me a lot. So that's kind of where I started with uh, Steam Deck HQ. And then that slowly evolved into wanting to also uh, cover news and create guides and kind of create like a, a hub where mm -hmm. you can come to where if you go to, it's just all Steam Deck news. There's guides there and you'll actually get in-depth reviews and op and optimization where we explain what we're doing instead of just posting uh, everything about that. And that's kind of how how the idea began and it began with one of my friends we actually both got our decks around the same time and we were trying to we were trying to figure out how to get kingdom hearts running on the steam deck because mm -hmm. it, it did not work for a while which square enix uh because I, I know you guys watch the the show uh wh why is it not on steam that is something i've always wondered about just because you know, I feel like if it came to Steam, that would be huge. Like they, yeah. I would re, I would, I have them on Epic. I would easily rebuy it all, probably at full price because I love the series. Like that would be an easy buy for me. But that is something I am curious about: is it, it, why it, it hasn't come to Steam yet. It, it's interesting the games that go to uh, Epic Game Store first. Now, I'm not trying to bash like the that platform, but it's just mm -hmm. interesting when you have a substantially larger base on steam and your games will just go and sit on Epic game store and people will begrudgingly, but they'll regret, they'll get it begrudgingly, but it's like, well, why not put it on the biggest platform? And I know that there's a sub conversation with that where people say like, you know, they get better payouts on Epic games and such on the developer side. I, I, I get that. But at the same time, <clears throat> yes, you may get a better payout, but are you reaching the largest demographic of people on that platform? That's something I've always I've always wondered that too. Like I, I understand from a business perspective, there are multiple different um, there are multiple different elements to why making that kind of decision. There could be you know a deal that's struck with them. Maybe there's like a, a base payout as well as a better share. You know, mm -hmm. and and especially for indie developers, I completely understand the reasoning to go with like Epic exclusivity uh, be just based on that. Cause the, that kind of finances you don't have. Um, yeah. But I guess that's something I've always wondered is 
Yes, it is a better payout. I think it's 88-12, right? Something yeah, roughly around there. Yeah. So it, it does the better payout justify the possible the possibility of lower sales? Like because on Steam, there's a much larger player base. And now with like devices like the Steam Deck and Steam Play and everything becoming much more accessible, you know, you're you'd be hitting a much larger audience. And yeah, it's still going to be a 70-30 share or something around those lines. It might, I think it's 75, 25 if you hit certain milestones. Mm -hmm. um, but is that difference in payout justifying a lower audience or a smaller audience that you're reaching and possibly lower sales from that? Yeah. Yeah. But so you know, <laughs> that would be an easy buy for me if it came to Steam. Like easy. It, yeah. I mean, they, they would, that, it, it makes no sense. Like you, you could easily put the entire collection mm -hmm. right there on steam and people would buy it. Like uh, it's 100%. It, 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 I mean, okay. This is me being a just a little ranty, just a little ranty. <laughs> um, but you put like, okay. You as in the, uh, square, square Enix, you put kingdom hearts on the switch in a cloud version. I won't comment on that because that that was very disappointing to me. I, I was so happy when I saw the announcement for it on the Switch. I was so happy until I saw the word cloud and I was like, oh no. Like, okay, I understand if you can't put number three on the Switch. That is a right. newer game using a newer engine. I understand if that's too intensive and that's a cloud version. But there's no reason in my head that Kingdom Heart, all the other games, except for 2.8 or 0 0.2 specifically, could yeah. not be on the Switch natively. I just, there, there's no reason for that. At all. Like if, if, if you can run Doom and Doom Eternal, you can't run a PlayStation 2 or a PSP game or even uh, the 3DS game. The 3DS game. <laughs> and, and, and Crisis Core is coming. To the switch really it's, that it, i just i can't i i i can't understand it i there was just no. that and that's the only reason i didn't i couldn't buy it like i bought every single re-release of the kingdom hearts games i bought them on ps3 i bought them on ps4 i had the originals on all the original consoles i rebought them on epic i just couldn't do it for the switch though i i I don't I I'm someone who's always loved um locally downloaded games more than cloud and I I think cloud is heading in an incredible direction. Like mm -hmm. I'm really excited to see like where it goes. But there's just nothing that will replace being able to have the downloaded versions of these games for me. Um I definitely want to touch on this more, but I want to talk more for the moment about steam deck hq so in the time from no because literally this yeah. is you know it's a great your website's great information is always great if people if you're not following uh them on twitter or are you you know are you still on hive or i know there's a lot of controversy around hive right is, now, but i know you're on, you're on mastodon i know that yes we are on mastodon and we are on hive though i'm made an account and I haven't touched it since I'm, I'm choosing not to do anything with it until, until I figure out exactly, 
exactly everything going along with it. I just, I don't want to rush to any judgment. I just want to do my research first, but at the moment we are there, we are just not active at all. The hive just runs so it, it, it runs poorly. I like I the think, layout. Yeah, no, it looks pretty. I do I do take issue with it not having a web a web page. Yeah. Like it doesn't have like a desktop version of the website it's only through the app. I have a little bit of an issue with that. But, but uh no, yeah. we are mostly active on Twitter and Mastodon. We have YouTube as well, but that's not nearly as active as we are on Twitter and Mastodon. Getting there though, you're getting there. We we're, we're, we're working on it. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm try, I'm trying. It's it's a it's a lot of work doing everything that I'm doing. So and editing, I can't I can't focus when editing. There's something about it that just it doesn't click with me. So I really have to like sit myself down. I will get distracted. Something that should take like maybe an hour or two takes me double the time because of that. No, I, I, I understand that. Like the, the, the thing with editing for me, like, I, I don't know if you, what, what software you use, like do you use Premiere or, yeah. oh God, yeah. But so you, you understand <laughs> it. You understand the pain of Premiere. Yes. <laughs> See, I love Premiere and when it clicks, it really clicks and it, and using, uh, I have, I have someone who's helping me and actually makes these, uh, verticals that we do. And we do those mm -hmm. for the first looks. And one of the features that Premiere has that I have fallen in love with is it will take the audio mm -hmm. and it will automatically generate subtitles completely. And mm. it's it's incredible. It uses it uses AI and it works wonders. It has saved like hours of time because it, it won't only generate the subtitles, it will place them near perfectly in the video with the audio synced up how it needs to be. It's, it's incredible. And I love that. Everything else is, takes me time, but <laughs> that alone kind of, it kind of wins out a little bit. It, it really blows my mind how like we pay so much monthly for premiere and all mm -hmm. the Adobe products. And it, you feel like a beta tester half the time. Cause yeah. like the amount of times it, cr especially premiere, like I, so I was I was actually working on this uh, last night. I was mm -hmm. working on my uh, Tactics Ogre Reborn review. Got it recorded. Got all my B roll. Had everything set. Mm -hmm. Premiere crashed, and I, I was at the tail end. I'm like, I just need to put that like, you know, the hexagonal outro part that I have on my videos. So it crashed, and when I load up Premiere, nothing. It didn't auto save. Anytime and I, and I, I went in and I looked because, you know, like you, you, it, it saves it within like that subfolder on your C yeah. drive. So I went and I was looking for it. I'm like, you saved everything else. I remember hitting control S constantly because anytime I make an edit, I always do control S and uh, it just, yeah, gone. So that I'm is, like, that is actually shocking. Anytime I've had Premiere Crass on me a couple times and some of them were at very, not great times, but every time I did have a save and it did auto save. So I didn't lose as much as, mm -hmm. as that, but that it just didn't, it didn't save any of them. That that's, 
I'm so sorry to hear that. I really am because that but that no, would be that would be devastating to me. <laughs> like I would just was, crumble. I already was, can't edit. It's just oh, you know. And, and that was one of those situations where I'm like, yeah, I, I'm just gonna put this down. I'm, I'm done for the day. I'm gonna go and just do something else because I I can't. And it's it's I I see the people that do the videos like, you know, I I, I I've seen folks that do like the very cinematic type of video with you know they get the boko effect and they got the you know, mkbhd style like look of oh, it yeah. and i want to do that type of stuff but people you have to understand the amount of time that goes into editing that especially if you record in 4k it, it's absolutely insane and for a lot of us like i don't have a team mm-hmm. a lot of these people who do that stuff have they don't all they do is they're the camera person like they're the well, not the camera. They're the person on camera. A lot of them have like um, uh, my friend Kevin Kenson. You know, he's he's got that whole super amazing layout and, and style, mm-hmm. but he doesn't do. It. He has a hell team for editing thumbnails and all that. And it's like I would love to do that. I I don't have the time. I don't have the time. I don't have the patience for it. And it's like I, I've had people, especially lately, in my comments on my videos that are like. They complain like my background here because I'm recording in my bedroom. I'm sorry that my condo is smaller than the house I was in before. I don't have a dedicated room to have a nicer background. I don't like I, I get so many people complaining about like either the video quality or like the background or the B-roll shots. And I'm over here like I'm doing the best I can with what I have. And I've had people say, oh, you've got X amount of subscribers. You should have better quality. I'm like, say that to some ordinary gamers or penguins. Yeah. People got millions and they, they use a, like not the highest stuff. You don't have to have the greatest stuff. You do what works. Exactly. Yeah. I, honestly, I like your background. I think I think something appealing about like your background and having something like this, it, it feels more relatable too. Like, yeah, I, yeah. I personally like that. It feels like there's more of a connection there. Like, it's really cool seeing like the gaming paraphernalia um, all over the wall and everything. And I would love to have that. And I'd love to have more paraphernalia. But, you know, I, I, I don't have that luxury because of where my desk is and how I have everything set up. I've got a wall of windows. <laughs> And, you know, it, and yeah, like you say, just kind of got to make do with what you've got. And I personally, it's appealing to me. I like that. It's more personal. It feels more like, I'm just going to repeat myself. It feels more relatable. And I think there's less commercial. Yeah. And it feels, it feels like you, you're putting more into your videos or you're into your work for yourself and because you enjoy it, because you love doing it, because you're doing it for you, not for someone else. Yeah. And I like that a lot. But yeah, editing, not it's, it's, it's not fun, people. That, that can actually be the biggest deterrent. Like, you can have the amount of ideas and the drive to, to record and do everything. And then when you get to the point of needing to edit, that can be the part that just puts the brakes on everything you're trying to do. So like, I, I, I hear your pain when it comes to that. And it is the, especially with the YouTube game, it's YouTube is not easy and trying to stay in the algorithm where YouTube isn't burying your channel. Cause like 
within the last uh, three weeks to a month, they have been making changes to prep for the upcoming, you know, YouTube shorts monetization. So they uh, have been de-emphasizing long form content. And so if you've got shorts, your shorts were doing astronomically better than any of your long form content. And everyone took a hit. It was a major hit across the board. Like I literally, my channel, I usually average between, you know, 600,000 or so views monthly. Uh, I dropped within a week. I will, if I, if I look at the last month, actually not the week, but I look at the last month when they implemented these changes, 62,000. That's a gigantic drop. Yeah. I, I, I dropped, uh, I, I, my channel dropped. My friend uh, Amy's channel dropped. We had to open up tickets to YouTube and, the, the, and they're like, yeah, this is because of this, you know, the, the changes, but we're going to change it around and, and, and everyone's stuff should be going back to what it was. And I'm like, my revenue here. Cause I mean, YouTube is not my main revenue source, but like having that drop off before Christmas. Yeah. No, it's, Thanksgiving. Like I was actually, that's, that's funny. You mentioned that I was actually talking before, before this, I was talking to Fox and mm-hmm. he, he was mentioning something similar too. And that, you know, he's been noticing it. And now I didn't, I didn't know the reason why, um, and now, now that does make sense is I've talked to, um, I've talked to other YouTubers who, um, are a bit bigger and they have been mentioning how YouTube is talking about, you know, emphasizing the short form content and they seemingly are going to, you know, try and be more competitive with like TikTok and, you know, I, I, I understand that, but it, it it's, it's disappointing. I believe. Yeah. Cause I still yeah. like, I'll go on YouTube. I ignore the shorts for the most part. Yeah. Like I will still go to the longer videos. I enjoy it. That's why I go to YouTube. You know, I don't want to, I don't want to go and look at these shorts. If I did, then I can, I can go to TikTok. You know, that's what it's for. Yeah. So it, it's a little bit disappointing seeing that direction and, and hearing that the long form videos are taking a direct hit because of that. That, that I think is the saddest part because I understand having that short form there and maybe they should push it in a different way, but it shouldn't sacrifice what YouTube is for. Yeah. Yeah. And, and it's, you know, I, I understand the reason going after the short form content, you know, attention spans, especially with the younger generation, you know, they want to know everything they need to know within, you know, 15 to 30 seconds, 60 seconds to be done with it just because you know, social media, the scrolling, you know, subculture has created that. And it's a good and bad thing. But when you are the, you know, the original, when it comes to the internet video, in a sense that's been Mm -hmm. around, that's outlasted so many other alternatives and the go-to for just about everything. And you're punishing not intentionally, but as a byproduct of trying to emphasize something else, you're punishing creators who make longer form content. It's, it's demoralizing. I know, you know, several of my friends, you know, big, especially the bigger ones who do long form content. A lot of them were, you know, 
imposter syndrome hit hit them. They they felt mm-hmm. very depressed. I know I felt depressed. I'm like, damn, but I, I thought I, I was like, I've been doing good this entire year. What happened? <laughs> it's it's a, yeah. No, I I I mean, since I haven't done much on YouTube, I can't personally say like it's you know affected me or SDHQ. But mm-hmm. I, I can only imagine like everything just dropping off. And it going like losing almost 90% of the views that you normally would get because they're changing an algorithm to, to highlight the shorter form content, which wasn't what made YouTube YouTube. Yeah. You know, I, I still think the longer form content is necessary. There's a lot of stuff that you just can't cover in 60 seconds yeah. or 30 seconds, 15 seconds. There's so much more that can go into it, especially when it comes to games. Yeah. I mean, there is a lot that especially it i think it's different if you're doing stuff that like what steam deck hq is doing where we mostly prioritize the settings mm-hmm. but like if you're reviewing like the actual game like the content of the game the gameplay elements the sound the visuals everything like that's not that's not an easy 60 second video yeah like there's there's just no way i could see it condensed into that yeah, and I, I know like uh, another another outlet that uh, made changes to emphasize something else, and a lot of us took hits with it was uh, Spotify actually. So they were pushing for video podcasts, like they they've been strongly pushing for that. Mm-hmm. And so, if you you know when they were putting that and they started implementing that, they changed their algorithm. So a lot of us we just got hit. And so you got to make two uploads. You got to upload. If you do a video podcast, upload it, but then you also got to upload the audio. And the problem with that is it creates duplicates. If you use something like say anchor to host your platform, I mean, your Mm -hmm. podcast, um, it'll create duplicates on Apple podcasts and Google podcasts on Stitcher and all the other sites. So, and it, it, if you don't do the video it would not share your podcast as much, which podcasting, you know, my main show, the customer podcast, that's my main form of income. And so that took a major hit when they did that implementation a couple of months ago. And I was like, what is going on? And so, because you look at all the different platforms that are there, you know, Spotify pays the best when it comes to podcasting, but mm-hmm. yeah, that, that I wish when companies would implement stuff, they would just, find a way for it not to hurt other aspects i i think i mean just kind of they, they should take a little bit more care instead of pushing it out like as soon as as soon as they can like yeah. there has to be they there has to be some internal testing that's done to make sure that it doesn't completely doesn't completely destroy the old algorithm you know mm-hmm. the that it doesn't ruin everyone else that isn't doing those or, you know, some people who just can't do them. Like, you know, there are people who want, who are doing podcasts who can't do video podcasts right now. And, you know, they, they, there's some quality content. there. It's just not, they're not able to do that. And now they've just kind of been pushed to the wayside because of it. And that, that's disappointing to me. So, Getting back on topic, talking about Steam Deck HQ because that—that's that, what we're supposed to be here talking about. Sorry, not, I, I not, go on—I go on tangents. It's very hard. 
No, 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 no. That that, that was me. That was me when going into my little rant. I, I'm prone to doing that. Uh, p- people, my audience calls those campfires. I'm like, because because <laughs> I'll I'll go in on a topic when it, especially ones like that that just really just really grind my gears. But I, I wanted to say, like, with the Steam Deck and, and coming up with the name Steam Deck HQ, but uh, which is absolutely brilliant marketing, by the Thank way. You. Um. Looking at it from not not just a journalistic perspective, I have a background outside of journalism. Uh, my main background is in marketing. And so seeing a lot of content creators, press and outlets, you know, when the Steam Deck started catching steam or when it, yeah, catching steam, <laughs> when it started, um, there's a lot of people that started branding themselves, you know, Steam Deck, whatever. Mm-hmm. And I'm especially now in the later last couple of months, I'm seeing more creators pop up that are Steam Deck oriented. But being, in my opinion, from what I know, uh, one of the first press outlets branded that, you know, mm-hmm. and then having that branding across the board, you were able to not only get in at the very beginning of it. So, like, when people look up anything, you're in the algorithm of this is what search engines and, and platforms are going to recommend. Mm-hmm. But you were able to get in there brand perfectly, and you've been able to just, you know, establish yourself as, like, I, I know you don't say, like, you are the Steam Deck Authority, but that's the impression a lot of people have. Like, when they want to look for information, and it's because you got in there and you you were able to brand perfectly. Like, mm-hmm. let's talk about the branding. Like, are you, you know, and, and I, I just want to pick your brain about that. Like, from the, from a marketing standpoint, like, was that intentional, or did, did it just, are you shocked at how it's taken off in the last, you know, several months? I want to say it's a little bit of both. Like, definitely shocked. Like, this is I've I've done multiple projects on my own, like content creation. And I've tried to push out, and this is the biggest one by far, and mm-hmm. the quickest to get to this point. Like, this is the 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 growth has been unreal. Like, it's not something I could have ever expected, or and I'm I'm humbled by it. Like, it really. Like I, I feel really lucky to have the platform that I do. Um, I think the, the name was like the first thing I tried to come up with and I wanted to, I, I steam deck HQ was actually, I think the last name that I came up with and yeah, it was not, it was not the first one. And it was kind of like an afterthought of like, okay, yeah, this works. Um, I started it, but that's how I am with names as I'm saying them more, I'll get more and more on board. I really like the name specifically because I do also like the acronym. Mm-hmm. I like SDHQ. And, you know, if, as we grow, um, I don't want to step on like valves toes. So mm-hmm. I'm, I've already set things up so we could easily switch over to doing everything as SDHQ and it wouldn't, it wouldn't change anything. Like our logo is just SDHQ. It doesn't have, we wouldn't have to change you know, phenomenal amount of stuff. Um, as far as again, I know, again, brilliant marketing. <laughs> that one, that one is like a combination. That one is me and uh, my web developer. 
who he's he he made the entire interface of the website like that's all him it, i love it to death i don't have that kind of creative visual talent so <laughs> that one i'm <laughs> i'm not gonna take credit for but um in regards to being one of the first press outlets that specifies like specifically works with the steam deck um i know of others that do incorporate it like gaming on linux and overkill but i don't think either of them focus directly on it as much as we do and we and you know our main shtick is the game reviews and going in depth with the settings and i don't think either of them do anything along those lines mm -hmm. um, like we do and there's a lot of like youtubers that do something similar like uh steam deck gaming and deck wizard do uh post a lot of videos but they're from my perspective they've mostly been just you know let's plays like does this game yeah. work can it work on deck or they yeah. showcase like different settings, but it's never something that I I would say is like a definitive, you know, setting optimization thing that like we do. Um, I think a good I one of the things that I realized too with all of them is none of them really focused on Twitter, and I think that that I decided to do that because when I was, was getting started, a lot of people I talked to was like, oh, start with YouTube. You know, because that's, I think overall, that's where you can actually make, you know, an income from. And mm -hmm. I understand that completely, but Twitter was like an untapped market to, to grow there. And I, you know, being someone who loves interactivity, that is probably one of the greatest sources to mm -hmm. interact with people. It's one of the easiest. And so is Mastodon as well. But at the time, you know, it didn't gain as much popularity. So. I still need to set up my Mastodon. I, I'm not, I haven't ignored that message when you're trying to help me with it. It's just literally, you know, and, and not to interrupt fully, but like, I just need to insert this, this dealing with kids all day, especially a toddler. My attention span is all over this. I, I anyway. can't even imagine. Yeah, no. no, I can't, I can't imagine. I, I get distracted a lot. I do, but I can't imagine like, handling kids toddlers on top of all of that that that's got to be that's it's got to be hard to keep your attention and keep focus and just get certain things done that are more on like the back end Dude, imagine on. like recording like doing a voiceover or just like recording content you hear something break <laughs> you're like oh <laughs> are you alive <laughs> <laughs> Scream if you're alive, please, please. <laughs> I'm sorry for interrupting. Go, go, go no, ahead. No, <laughs> no, it's, it's totally fine. I, that, I mean, it's a good point. Like, I just, oh man. <laughs> no, I mean, let me know when you're on Mastodon too. I'd love to follow you and everything. Um, no, I, 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 I need, I need, yeah, I, I'm, I'm gonna, I, I need to go ahead and set that up because it, it's just. I'm like so many social media platforms trying to be on right now. I know. Anyway, I know. <laughs> especially with the whole Twitter, Twitter fire. Yeah, I don't know what's going to happen with Twitter. I, I don't think, like, I think if it's going to die, it's not going to be because, it's not going to be because people are leaving. 
I think right. I think it's going to be because there's a lack of lack of work being done at their HQ. I, it could be a yeah. lack of employees. I think that's what's going to do it. I don't think it's going to like burn to the ground though. Yeah. Um, but with it, there was like so many other ones like co-host Hive that also came up, and I was I was so confused. The only yeah. one that that like really caught on to me was Mastodon, and I love the the larger character limit there. I really do because I'm a, I'm a talker. Um, so, so that, that's, it's like a good and bad thing there. Um, but having that larger character limit was great. I, I think Twitter's going to increase theirs. I, I thought I saw some talk about it, but, um, yeah. either way I saw Twitter as kind of like an untapped potential. Cause I didn't see anyone creating content for the steam deck that was on Twitter, actually interacting with people. And a lot of videos that I've seen from the other YouTubers I mentioned have like scores of comments under them, but, and the ones that asked questions didn't have answers. So mm-hmm. when I started, that was my, that was my goal was when I started when I made the account, I aim for three followers a day and I prioritize like interacting with people. If anyone talked about the steam deck or had questions, I went in there, I answered, you know, mm-hmm. I wanted to be someone who was like on the front lines, like, talking about everything, testing the games that people were curious about. I had a whole review queue where people could actually submit like a form where they said which game they wanted to request reviews. And we had a whole thing where people could vote, which would move them up the queue of like the games that are recommended there. It is retired right now because being the only person who's writing the reviews currently with, you know, the keys that are given through press and other games that are still coming out, it was too overwhelming. Are you getting your rest? <laughs> um, let's move on. Uh, <laughs> I'm getting an I'm getting enough rest. <laughs> let's say that I'm I'm not like hit hit wink wink. <laughs> I'm not like at the unhealthy point where I'm like okay, I actually need to force myself to take a break, but. You know, it's I am sleeping like six hours, and I'm lucky with my full time job. I do have breaks in that full time job, and I bring my Steam Deck and I have my dock with my uh, Bluetooth mouse and keyboard, and I've written like half the reviews I've written were at work. Mm-hmm. So I'm very I'm very lucky for my job in that regard. Um, but you know, because of because being the only one doing it, it has been. Uh, been on the overwhelming side, also trying to keep up with that queue. So, you know, I'm looking. I've I, told I you, uh, if you need help, I have offered. I, I, <laughs> I don't remember that. Did you? I did. Is it like when you told me about uh, Woovit and then forgot and thought you told me about the other side? No, 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 no. Because <laughs> that, no. that one I remember, I'm like, this is definitely not one you've shown me. I was like, hundred percent. No, no, that that was funny. I was like, "Woo!" I think like, didn't I tell you about that? No, no, I, 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 I think I did. I think I did offer before. I see. I'm at to double check because I, I yeah, couldn't no, no, but, I'm, I can't remember. <laughs> and it's just, I get, I get so busy, and to for to make sure I write these reviews, I, I force myself to kind of have tunnel vision to make mm-hmm. sure I get them done and I get them done on time. Um. But it, it's possible you have, and I've completely forgotten. You know, I've and I've talked to, I've talked to, I'm talking to someone else right now who might help me not only with um, reviewing and going along the queue, but actually go back and do docked 
uh, presets as well. Cause I mm-hmm. know that's something that people have asked about and I don't dock my deck nearly as much. Like I'm more, I'm more a portable person. I love being able to take it with me everywhere. So I tend to focus on like the portable side of it. So that's what they would help with. But we'll, we'll talk about if, if you do want to help, we'll talk about that later as well. Cause I, I won't say no. Well, I, I, because I understand like when you're, when you're a solo act, you know, and especially one that has such attention on you, like when it comes to like people want to know, you know, Hey, how's this working? How's that working? Are you able to do this? Are you able to do that? You know, people want these answers. And it goes back to what you said. Like when you're looking at a lot of these people's YouTube channels, there's a lot of questions that don't get answered. Like they're, they're just, they're not, and it's not, you know, I don't want to speak for the, the creators, but mm-hmm. more often than not, it's just because they don't have time to get back to it or they don't have an answer. And I, I, if they understand that too, of course, yeah, you know, and it's like, if you, if you can have a site or an outlet where those questions, people can easily go to it and, and, and find the answers that right there. And this is going back. I'm going to tie this back into, you know, neatly into like the whole, the marketing aspect of it. What sets you apart from everybody else is that, is that you have that, you have the guys, you have the settings, you have the interaction. Like when I see you on Twitter, you're interacting with people commenting. That's something you really can't. I can't try, say that about others. I try really hard to interact with every single comment that we get. And if I miss some, I I deeply apologize because there have been times where we've got I've gotten so many notifications. And even when I scrolled down, there were some that just didn't appear there. That's where I check for the most part. But no, I mean I like to I I believe that kind of human to human interaction is important, especially mm-hmm. with things like this where on the, I remember we were talking about before where like with the Adobe products, it felt like we were beta testing with those products as well. It's the same thing with the Steam Deck. Yeah. I honestly, for the most part, believe that everyone who has a Steam Deck right now is also kind of a beta tester, you know, because yeah. there are still a lot of issues that plague it. And a lot and a lot of it's been improved. And, and I can't praise Valve enough for the incredible job that they've done with their momentum in terms of updates and just the Overall, the OS and the deck itself, they've been making some incredible, incredible strides. But yeah. it's still, they're still like, I still get weird crashes that just make no sense whatsoever. Or when I'm trying to play a game, it hangs on trying to play the game or like launch the game and then exiting it doesn't actually exit the game. It just stays at the screen. I have to go into the, Re- uh, <laughs> I have to restart Steam in the <laughs> console for it to actually go back. So, you know, it's, I understand that, you know, and the other thing, a lot of people who are coming to the Steam Deck are also console gamers. They're not mm-hmm. just PC gamers, and they've never had to do things like this before, you know? So this is all very new, and it, I wanted to be someone that if they needed help or if they had questions, because this is, like, a very new platform if you're not coming from a PC gaming background um, to be able to do that. And I've been I've been very lucky to have that, to have that trust that people put in us. Like there, there have been some that have like talked to me that have been commenting publicly that have been like, Hey, we let us know how crisis core runs. Cause that's going to be, you know, 
the deciding factor and if people purchase it or not. Or same with Callisto Protocol and Midnight Suns. Those ones I've been getting a lot where people have asked me directly, like, hey, have do you know if it's going to run well? And I and they're waiting for like my review for for it to be a deciding factor if they're gonna get it or what console they're going to get it on. And as as I I wish I could give them those answers faster, of course, but um, it warms my heart a lot, and I feel really lucky to have that trust that people put in us, and a lot of that came from the uh, emphasis of interactivity that we put on. So uh, as far as Crisis Core, I'm going to throw this out there. Uh, you can run it 60 frames per second, okay. and it's pretty much locked 60 frames. Okay. Uh, max graphic settings on it. And um, for however well, because Square Enix has been doing phenomenal with optimizing their games for oh, Steam yeah. Deck, uh, yeah. you can get almost four hours. Almost four on, hours of battery uh, life at, uh, the, at the highest set- quality settings at 60 frames per second. I've that's impressive. By that is impressive. <laughs> that's, that's better than 7 Remake. Like, yeah. And I didn't expect it to be like, you know, as intense as seven remake, but that seeing how the game looks and it is, you didn't change any settings. It's running at native resolution. Yeah. Yeah. So the, the 12, 1280 by uh, 800. So it's, it's, it's really crazy because like it, it, at times you, I mean, the PSP, you know, the, yeah. the bones of the game is you still see it there. But the mm-hmm. fact that they rebuilt the game from the ground up in Unreal Engine 4 and insane. it, you know, it, it, it's just, I'm blown away with how he runs. Like, honestly, it, it's just, <laughs> that is incredible to hear. Like I honestly, with, um, with the way that Square Enix has been making their games, like I have been, I have, I have wanted to cover every single one of their games like every single one of them just because i i have a lot of trust in them it's the same with them and playstation have been surprising me to no end when it comes to steam deck and the optimization for their games on there like we would be we would be honored to be able to um to cover you know crisis core and harvestella and tactics ogre reborn all these games we would love it you know square Enix, if you want to you know, reach out we would we would love it but you know it's <laughs> it, it, it i have been blown away by them and playstation just i'm still shocked that i'm able to play spider-man like actually well on the steam deck or uncharted 4 i mean i remember getting uncharted 4 on the ps4 like on my ps4 pro when it came out and it was mind-blowing how well it looked and just being able to play it on on this little device right that it's insane to me i think it's actually insane you know and 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 you know also to to again bring it back to steam deck hq and also to compliment you you're <laughs> the only you're the i i honestly i want to say the only press outlet for steam deck the reason i want to see that and i'm going to quantify that Mm-hmm. is because it's so prominent when you look up Steam Deck. Steam Deck, you know, CHQ's there. So that's also, and it goes into the marketing aspect of this as well, 
um, how you've set yourself apart because, and I hope no one takes offense to me saying this. <laughs> I'm just like, I, I like, you're enough. I like putting my feet to the fire because, you know, I like to be a little toasty. Um, so and this can be completely on me to say this. There are a lot of creators who are popping up who are covering Steam Deck that are growing astronomically. That's great. It needs more coverage. But when you're not doing anything to separate yourself from the pack, there's only so long you will last before it starts to do allowed. You have to have something. And I'm talking... I'm not trying to dissuade anyone from jumping in now, but honestly, if you weren't at the beginning of like the steam deck, you know, before it caught to where it is now, like you were there at the beginning, I was there at the beginning, you know, mm-hmm. uh, uh, Panda deck Fox, like all, all of us were there from the beginning. So when you look up steam deck, we pop up, mm-hmm. we're the ones that pop up because we're, we're, we're in the algorithm of it. We've made so much content revolving around it. Mm-hmm. If you're going to pop up now to do steam deck content, great do that if this is what you're passionate about but you also need to have an angle that separates you from everybody else you know you don't want to and this is why i want to compliment you because how many have are are press like literal press Mm -hmm. not just a content creator not just a youtuber but press that is very different Dude, I'm talking journalists and journalists like that. That's very, very different. And if there are companies that, you know, that I know a lot, of, not a lot of them watch and, and listen to the podcast. I, I would say, yeah, work with them because no one else is doing it. You've kind of got a lock on that. Well, thank you. I, I do. I do appreciate that. And all the compliments. Seriously. I, I appreciate that coming, coming from you. I respect you so highly. So you saying all that honestly just probably made my entire month of December. It's just started. That's what I'm going to remember. <laughs> oh, yeah. No, it's, it's going to be New Year's and everyone's going to be like, you know, getting ready. What's their resolution? I'm going to, nah, I'm good. <laughs> I, I, I record this, po- this podcast and, you know, I'm good. You know, and and to, to further, like, to like, because I, I've told you before, like, I, I respect the work that you've done. I respect, you know, your growth, your reach, you know, things you've done for the community, for people who are getting into Steam Deck, your uh, interactivity on, on Twitter, which is how we came to, to, to meet and know each other and befriend each other through. And I think it was Deal Field Chronicle. That's what we're I, I think it was too because, because <laughs> at, at the beginning, I was hearing like, you know, mixed, mixed feelings on it, but I love jrpgs and i really like the style of the game and how it looked and i trust square enix when it comes to those games so you know seeing all those i'm like okay but how like the usually when i see those mixed settings and i look at like the you know customer reviews or like you know people who've bought it it's usually something you something minor to it or it's something that you know isn't actually part of the game where like i remember when hitman 3 came to steam after the epic exclusivity it came to steam at full price and it was review bombed because of yeah that. and yeah. you know it, it's that kind of stuff so i i i do like 
reading like the consumer reviews. Like I think those are important, but it can also be very, which is another reason it's kind of same thing with like, you know, the steam deck optimized settings, they can be easily, you know, just blown out of proportion. Yeah. So I wanted to ask someone who actually, you know, it seems to align more with like my taste in games. Mm -hmm. And that, that is how we started talking now. Because I feel like the with that game, there's only really two people that were giving that. Well, three. I'll, I'll, I'll say three. There's only three outlets that were giving it any type of positive. Like, hey, it was fun. It's flawed, but it was fun. This is why it was Mortismal Gaming. There's me, and then uh, my friends over at Noisy Pixel. We were the only ones really, because everyone else was just this is trash. Don't buy it. It's trash, mm-hmm. and it's like. When I hear, and, and this ties into what you were just saying, like with how reviews and, and community reviews and all that goes, mm-hmm. you have to quantify it. And maybe that's the journalistic side of me. Like if it's bad, you need to explain why it's bad or yeah. explain why this is good. You can't just throw a blanket statement because there's too many, especially in this current day and age with the way information is, blanket mm-hmm. statements can kill companies off. Like we've seen how game companies can make a a phenomenal game, like Mm -hmm. Pinefall Two, so great, runs great on Steam Deck. Oh yeah, completely. I'm not saying that company got you know they didn't get killed off, but like that game got killed off. Yeah, (laughs) very quickly, and it's a shame. I know we've got Apex Legends, which is technically part of Titanfall universe, but Mm -hmm. it's it's. As journalists, as content creators, as outlets, as press, it is when we decide to take on reviewing stuff, whatever it is, we have a responsibility and accountability to give it the best, give the best information to you, the viewer, the reader, the listener, Mm -hmm. the watcher, because we're influencers. I hate that term, but we are. And people will take that. I've seen people that are like, I won't buy until like this person says it's good. I won't, mm-hmm. you know, and it's, that's good. It's kind of a cult of personality. It kind yeah. of, I, I kind of don't like it at times. I'm like, thank you for yourselves. Cause you know, we kind we come from the era where we had game magazines. So that was back when oh, they were actually trusted. God, I miss trusted. those magazines. Those, <laughs> those were the good times. Those were the good times. I you remember, tell, like, I remember looking tell, like, forward to like my Nintendo Power magazines coming in. Oh, I I miss those times. Those those were fantastic. And like you, you could tell back then that they were gamers. They played oh. the games. They took the time. They would cover, you know, okay, the graphics, sound issues, and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. But was it fun? And that was the thing that was. That's different. That I think it, that I think is something that's not really covered or really looked at as much anymore. It's just the the question of is it actually fun? Because a game yeah. could be not great. It could have flaws, but it could still be fun. Like a yeah. big one, I think growing up, I remember seeing bad reviews for it was the Dynasty Warrior series. Yeah. Now yeah. there were a lot of there were a lot of reviews that would pan it, and it there there were good reasons for it. But I loved the games. Like I had a blast playing them. I love the Dynasty Warrior series. I won't comment on 9, but all the other ones every every other one 
Like I absolutely adored. And every time I would see like a review that if they scored it out 10, it'd be like a five or a six. I'd be like, yo, but this is just fun. This is just a mm-hmm. fun game. Like, how did they not, how'd they not like at least say that? Cause I, there are people who mm-hmm. I know who like would not try it because of the mm-hmm. reviews. They wouldn't buy it. Then I would buy it and just bring it over and be like, just, just try it. They would play it and then they would steal it because they want to keep playing it. So I'd go home, I'd, I'd forget it there and they'd be like, oh no, it's gone. And I'd find it like a year later at their house. So, <laughs> you know, I think, I feel like that's an aspect that a lot of people are missing that there is more to games than just, you know, all these different elements. Sometimes the elements can be bad, but when they come together, they make something fun. They make something yeah. good. And yeah. it, looking at the entire picture instead of just the individual elements i feel needs i i feel should be looked at more because you know i i know a lot of people who were deterred from genuinely good games because of that yeah um i okay so this is this is funny i made a short (laughs) and (laughs) i made a short because okay elix 2 I'm friends with the developers of that game. Mm-hmm. And I, when I reviewed it, I told them, I said, look, I'm going to rag on you a little bit because of the graphics. I said, these are like 2008 graphics. The game is, <laughs> it's, it's janky as hell, but like, there's a lot of heart and passion. I'm like, I'm going to, I said, I'm going to have a segment in my review where I'm going to, I'm going to rag on you for a little bit. So just <laughs> don't, don't worry about that. I'm like, I, I'm recommending the game. I'm going to rag on you. It is absolutely <laughs> funny to me. My number one short on YouTube is that clip where I'm ragging on them. And so many people go to that clip. So angry. They're like, mm-hmm. if you actually played the game, you would know that there is hard passion put in it. And I'm like, look, fool, go watch the review. I said the game is good. I know the developers. They laugh their ass off because they know the graphics aren't that great. But at the same time, that doesn't take away from the fact it's a good game. And I'm like, I'm like, if you if you can get this far, go watch the full review. And, and, and every time I tell people that and they go watch the full review, they're like, oh, okay, yeah. Okay. Okay. I now we got the, we we got the full context. They're like, well, we thought you. I had someone say, "Man, you look like an Elix character." I'm like, okay. I take it as a compliment. Hey, I could be in the video game. Hey, you, you, hey, you might look like one, but that means you've got that heart and passion too. Think about that. But you know, like it, it's it's um. It's one of the things like when I do my reviews, I, I try to emphasize, is it fun? You know, mm-hmm. yeah, we can talk about, uh, okay, and this might be a controversial take. God of War, Ragnarok. Fantastic mm-hmm. game. Absolutely love it. Game of the year? Eh, not for me. Because, honestly, it just feels like a refined 2018 God of War. I, I want I, something I mean, new. <laughs> I think, I think, but... I think there is a really good point in that. It wasn't, it didn't feel like a full new game. I honestly, it could have come out with the other God of War and I, it would have been, it would have been very similar enough to where I was like, okay, they developed this around the same time. Yeah. But, and it is a phenomenal game and I love the series. And 
honestly, for me, I, 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 this is a weird one. I think the, the story went too long for one game. Yes. Like I love yes. how much they covered. I love games like that, but I felt like there were so many parts where it could have ended and like maybe for a third game, like expanded it even more and like created like a larger part of it, you know? Mm-hmm. And I, I would have been happy to see that. I felt like it, it dragged on just a little bit too long. Yeah. Like it, I, I thought because there were like five or six different times where I was like, oh, okay, this is where the game's going to end. And then kept going. I'm like, okay, so we're doing everything <laughs> in this game. We're like doing the entire Ragnarok segment. Got it. I honestly, I would have liked to see like if they stopped right before Ragnarok, like right before mm-hmm. they went and attacked. Um, I would have loved to see like an expansion on that and do like a full game where it's just that final attack. Like, kind of and- like what they did with like how they ended like God of War 2 right before exactly. you were going to Olympus. Yeah, exactly. It's like if they like Ragnarok is basically if you think about God of War 2 and 3 put into put into one game. And while it's cool to see that, I would have loved if they separated it and expanded that final, the, like the war. Like yeah. I would have loved that. I feel like we missed out on a couple things just because, you know, I would have loved to see like the other, the other gods a bit more. Yeah. I would love to see like more fights with them. And there were a lot of boss fights. Don't get me wrong. Like there were a lot in Ragnarok. Yeah. Like, and, and the, I like the Heimdall fight a lot. But I I feel I would have loved to see more of an expansion on that. And yeah. in again, Ragnarok is an incredible game. Incredible game. But like, like you said, it's there are little things where, you know, as much as I would love to say it was the game of the year, I I there are a couple of things holding me back. So, you know, even even amazing games can have those those issues you know but so can like bad games can be pretty great when they're all put together yeah so uh considering again you're a one-man team um all the stuff you're covering i know we we talked about touched on a little bit earlier um Mm -hmm. how are you time managing on top of having a full-time job. Like I know when I, I was in Fulsec and, and, and I, in telephony and it three hats on call, 18 hour days, six days a week, technically seven days. Cause I, I was never off and having to travel to the state, the mainland and to different islands out here all the time. Oh, okay. I, I don't know how it, it was a struggle trying to build a brand and do that. How are you managing? Because that, and then this is peeling back the the veil a little bit, so people can understand. This is not an easy thing at all. It's but how are you doing? Like it's definitely not easy. And another thing about like my outlet and myself, I value transparency a lot. So if people ask me about my process or about like how I do things, I will always answer a hundred percent. I won't keep anything behind Mm -hmm. the veil. I don't like doing that. And I think transparency is very important, especially as journalists. Mm -hmm. And it's another reason why I wanted to get into this kind of stuff is because I feel like a lot of those bigger outlets aren't as transparent as I personally think they should be. But 
that that's a whole that's a whole other discussion that we could go into because I'm I'm very passionate about that and like having that transparency. Um, it helps a lot with my time management that at my job I am able to bring my deck and I am able to have uh, pockets of time where I'm able to you know continue playing the games and it turns mm -hmm. into like a laptop when docked so I can actually write when I'm there as well. Um, and then I don't have free time. <laughs> there is no, like, I don't generally at this moment have like free time where I go out and I do things, you know, I'll go to like out to eat every now and then, but for the most part, I'm sitting at, at home, I'm playing a game or I'm writing something up or I'm planning out, you know, how I'm, which games I'm going to make sure I have done when and what parts of it I need to cover. Mm -hmm. Um, I think it also helps that my outlet deals primarily with setting optimization because I don't need to be as thorough when it comes to focusing on like the game's elements. Mm. I, a lot of it just need to focus on how the game looks and that overlay. And that, that helps a lot when it comes to uh, optimizing and like the, the whole point behind, you know, the website. I can't mm -hmm. imagine how much more work would be put into it one if I ever had to like if if SDHQ expands at some point to where we do actually will cover like the game content itself to a degree. Mm -hmm. I, I can't I can't imagine how much more time I'm going to need to put into that aspect of it. But because of because of the nature of what we do and you know, the freedom that I do have when I'm not working and the freedom I have when I am working, I am able to dedicate more time than not to, to, you know, working on reviews. When it comes to like the interaction and Twitter and stuff, I almost always have my phone on me. I'm almost always checking just in case. And I have a lot, th thanks to my job as well, I have a lot of those moments where I can, you know, quickly bring out my phone, check, and I'm so passionate about it that I'll I, I never need to like take a lot of time to respond. I just know it, or I like you know I I always have an opinion when it comes mm -hmm. to things like like I I love this industry. I love the video game industry. I have ever since I can remember, and you know getting into it like this has been a dream come true. So I st I still have that that fire that passion that I that I've always had because it's just such, this is my dream. This is something I want to do for the rest of my life is in this industry. So, you know, a lot of that helps a lot. Too, I always have that energy. Is it something Cause I, 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 I personally see this happening, but I want to ask your opinion. Is it something that you consider doing full-time at some point? Uh, if given the opportunity, absolutely. I mean, I SDHQ is my baby, and I've worked really hard with it, and I love the work that I do. And even when I'm just like looking up stories or reaching out to developers to talk about like if their games are going to have Steam Deck optimization on there, and like go into detail with them, like I I reached out to um, Behavior Interactive regarding Dead by Daylight. And, mm -hmm. you know, that back and forth and hearing from them and talking about like the Steam Deck support and, you know, that they're still working on it. It's just not, they don't have like a timeline for it yet. You know, I love that. 
that was such a great time and not, you know, not much new, you know, information came from it, but you know, I was, it, it was wonderful talking to them and like being able to interact and same with a uh, kit Fox games. They have dwarf fortress coming out on December 6th and I was talking to them about it. And you know, it was just, I, I, I love it. And yeah, if given the opportunity, if, you know, if I can, I would absolutely love to do this full time. I don't think it's so much a matter of if as it is when. See, I always I always say if because I you never know where the winds will go. I don't know what's going to happen in the future. And I don't wanna I don't wanna set myself up. You know, I have I have plans, of course, if this were to continue where we were. You're very ambitious. A, a little too ambitious. It, it, I don't know. I don't know if I've told you like where my like end goals are, but they're they're much higher than than this. But <laughs> like it's it's a it's a little bit daunting and scary to think about. But it, it's also partly kind of what I went to school for. Um, but you know, I again, I I just love all this. You know, this kind of stuff and. Another thing I love, like talking to someone who's so like-minded, who loves this industry, like I do, who enjoys video games to the extent that I do. I didn't grow up with anyone like that. Like no one really was in right. into gaming as much as I was. They didn't really see, you know, what I saw when I was playing games. So I didn't really have like whenever I talked to them, if they enjoyed games, it'd be like, oh yeah, this game's fun, and like yeah, it's fun. But I would start like going into more details, and they'd be like lost and yeah. it's, it's times like these where i can actually go into them more and i'm like not only you and other creators that i'm i talk to but like the community as well like yeah. it's it's incredible being able to talk shop with all these people it's it it's honestly it it, it feels amazing it really does it, it's an interesting thing when you look at like the generational difference, like people who are coming up now playing games versus our era um, mm -hmm. or eras. I, you're younger than I am. So. I am. I am. <laughs> just, just a little bit younger. But, you know, like our era of gaming versus, you know, people coming up now, we didn't get as many games coming out at mm -hmm. the rate that they are now. And for us getting games, we didn't being able to get a game as soon as it comes out or knowing when it's coming out back then when we were coming up was almost unheard of. You only knew what was coming out if you saw it in a blockbuster at a store or if you saw it within a gaming magazine. And so for us, especially with gaming and, and you know, nerd geek culture, gaming culture, you know, anime culture, all that mm -hmm. was not popular in our era. It was something that you were picked on. You were, I, I remember being bullied and, and oh, yeah. going through a lot of stuff. That's Just actually because, how I got into video games was, you know, being bullied growing it, up. It's and, an, as an escape, yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, that's that's genuinely how I started. Why? That's also why Kingdom Hearts is my favorite game. That's kind of the game that like clicked. That became it's it stopped from being an escape, and I started. You know, it became a passion. It became something that I genuinely mm -hmm. loved as more than just you know trying to get away from everything that was going on, and. Yeah, no, I mean, it's much it's much more popular now. It's much more normalized compared to how it was growing up. Yeah, because, sure. like, can you, can you imagine, like, talking to somebody 
in say like the nineties or the early two thousands, or if anyone's watching or listening, if you're older than us and you can go back to like the eighties, people would like laugh at you. If you said you wanted to get into this industry, either to make a game, to write about it as a journalist. Oh yeah. It, it, you would be mocked. Whereas now it's like the creator economy, people are going into it. They're making whole careers out of it. And it's actually funny how I still see people, you know, like occasionally I go on Facebook because I don't mm-hmm. know. I hate Facebook. <laughs> just because <But> <laughs> it's like, and I mostly have it because, you know, bulk, the bulk of my family is there. But like when I go on there and I post anything about, you know, a review I'm working on or a company I've worked with or, you know, whatever, you know, people are like, oh, you're just playing video games. There's still, there is still, and it's not to the extent from when we were growing up, but there's still a level of disrespect or just not understanding this field that we're in. Um, but if you were to talk to us, 50, you know, 20 something years ago or close to 30, this was not something at all that no. was now lit. Like you would read the magazines and want to, want to be able to do that but there was no way there was no path to getting into this and and being able to and and this is touching on something you you were saying earlier but you know going from loving gaming as much as we do and being able to have people to talk to and now being able to talk to developers talk to the pr teams Mm -hmm. you know be part of this industry if you told us this when we were kids I wouldn't have believed you. Like it would have been unreal. Like it is, it is genuinely mind blowing to me that I've that uh, with the people that I've talked to, both other creators who have that like mind and developers. I mean, I I think we've we touched on it uh, earlier on where we were talking about indie developers. Honestly, I I love indie developers. I believe they Mm -hmm. are actually the lifeblood of the gaming industry. They need, like, yeah, the AAA games get the most marketing. They get the most popularity. But I I have, there are indie games where I have seen their fan base is insane, much more compared to a AAA game. And a lot of those indie games also experiment way more, too. Like, they go, like, there was one that I was playing, and I haven't made a review for it, but one of our, uh, Patreon supporters recommended it to me. Spark the Electric Jester. Oh, dude, those are amazing. Insane. How I never heard of the game before. So I I got the I got the trio pack. I bought it because that's the that's the other thing. Like I'll get, you know, if I ever get like a key for for or a press copy of an indie game, I'll usually go back and I'll buy the game. I don't like Mm -hmm. just not buying. I want to support how I can too. So I did that. I bought the the triple pack where it had one, two, and three, and I was I was blown away. I mean, number one felt like you know they they obviously have a lot of influence from like the Sonic series, specifically mm-hmm. Sonic Advance for number one, and for two and three it was like Sonic Adventure, and I I loved them. They I feel like they improved a lot on what those games did like sonic advance was fun but spark one was incredible mm-hmm. and then playing two and three of the spark series compared to like sonic adventure like i could see where a lot of improvements were made and i love that they added in like a 
a slimmed down Devil May Cry combat in number two and three. I love that, you know. Mm -hmm. And and it, if you guys don't know about Spark, check out the game. the The series yeah. is incredible. Yeah, yeah. Um. So, so the other thing, like I, I want to touch on uh, as well, is uh, your experience. Um, have you? And working with the different brands and companies and, and also interacting with like other creators and outlets and whatnot, um, what would you say the percentage of positive to negative has been for you so far? You mean just how I've interacted with them? Um, or just, you know, your general experience? I mean, I would say primarily it's been positive. I don't, I think there's only really been one creator that I've interacted with where it felt much, or actually two where I felt like it was more of a transactional when a lot of times when I talk to people or creators, it's not just to, it's not just to like, Hey, let's connect. I mm -hmm. want to make friends. I want to, I, I don't want it to be like a transactional, like, Hey, this is, this is a professional contact I have. I want to be like, Hey, this is my good friend. You know, that's important to me. So um, and we've talked about that a little bit before as well. I, I was going to say like, when we first started I, talking, that's something that, but that's something I, I really believe in. There's like two content creators that, that had that effect that where, when I tried to befriend them after like, you know, talking for a little bit, they kind of just went off because I was, I was going away from like the professional speak and just trying to like get to know them. Yeah. And, and, you know, and, but for the most part, I've had, I've, you know, it's been incredible. Like you, Fox, uh, fan the deck, um, deck verse, you know, it's been more than just, you know, transactional. I've gotten to know them. I've, I've become friends with them. And I, I like that a lot. And to me, that those are the people that I want to associate with. Mm -hmm. Um, and that's, that's been the primary of my interactions. Other than those two, it's been like, I would I would say probably around like ninety percent has been positive because of that. You know, um, to 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 go to to, the, to vouch for you, um, because I, I'm very guarded. I'm, I'm guarded, and I can be very polarizing. You know, uh, I, I my uh, one, one of my good friends, uh, Andrew Alliance, he I mentioned that we did a show. And he's like polarizing. He's like, you want to go there? Like I can be. <laughs> and it's, it is, it, it really comes from being in this industry for so long, you know, mm -hmm. being in it, dealing with, you know, you, you see like when I started, there's hardly anyone from when I started is still making content. So mm -hmm. I, I, it's like a revolving door. It's kind of like dealing with yeah. like the gaming industry is it's a revolving door. So, so many people to come in and go, I've had at this point being in over, over a decade, you know, uh, content creating and, and journalism mm -hmm. at this point, I've had more negative than positive. And because of all the negative instances, like there are creators that, you know, both larger and smaller, um, that I've helped, you know, like when it comes to like connecting with different people in the gaming industry, because mm -hmm. I've built the rapport with the, the industry where I don't really have to ask for stuff and when i do have to ask like i i, I bust my ass to get the coverage out because mm -hmm. you know your character's currency as uh my friend hip-hop gamer would say like character's currency and and you live and die in this industry by your word and your work ethic and so mm -hmm. you know 
creators that I've helped that have, and, and I'm not going to sugarcoat it, have fucked me over. Like, <laughs> yeah, we, we've I, talked I'll, about I, a little bit. I, com- I completely understand. Like, I, you know, it's, I think you're justified to be guarded just based on what we've talked about, how you've, you know, told me about everything. I yeah. So like I, 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 and I say all that to say like, I do have a guard up and it's just because a lot of interactions I have with people are very transactional. You know, it's like, what can I get from you for right now? And then I never hear from you again. You know, mm-hmm. Oh, can you, can you retweet this or can, can you do this? Can you do that? Yeah. And then if I put out something, there's like, there's no reciprocity for that. So mm-hmm. it's, it's something that, Am I jaded? Yes, I'm jaded because I've been in this for so long. But at the same time, where I want to give you credit and, you know, I respect you for this is you continue to make that effort and continue to show that you're not just trying to, you know, talk to me for this or, or use me for this. And, you know, you genuinely will hit me up. Hey, how you doing? How's your day going? And I'm over here looking at this like, oh. This is rare because it's like in the time I've been in this industry, I can literally count on one hand how many people I have that kind of a rapport with, like Mm -hmm. where we're, you know, like, like that. I can say like Andrew Alliance, uh, Game and Chick, people, you know, um, what's the other one? Uh, History Behind the Warrior, um, Mr. Mobile, uh, uh, some other one, uh, some gadget guy. Like these are people I talk to daily and. Mm -hmm. You know, now you make number six. So it, it, it's rare for me to to have that. So when I see that, I take notice of it. And I know a lot of people say uh, I'm very slow getting back to people. It's not, it, and that's not an intentional thing. I have a toddler who drives me crazy. That's why I'm bald. Well, that's not why I'm bald. But <laughs> the reason I'm bald. Okay. But it's someone, like, I've been balding since I'm, I was 22. So <laughs> I, don't, I don't like to... You know, it, it's it's just one of those things where it's like, um, I, I I pay attention, and I I I look at the actions of people, and when it's really genuine, you know, I appreciate that. And I, you know, anyone can say this about me. I have no problem helping anyone. Like if if I can point you in a, the right direction, I will. Um, a lot of times I don't share everything, and it's just because, especially. You know, and, and, you know, for those who don't know, um, when you, when you have built trust with this industry and you've built really good rapport where they go out to you for opportunities, when you recommend somebody, that's a reflection of you. So if I'm recommending anyone, I have to know you will, you know, you're going to do the stuff that you're going to do. So like, you know, I, I, I just want to say, like, I, I, I appreciate a lot of the effort you've made to, to show how like genuine of a person you are. And I respect that. I appreciate the friendship we have. Well, thank you. That, that honestly, that, that means a lot to me. It really does. Cause it, as someone who is so ambitious and has thought of so many different things that I want to do, especially in, in this industry, one of the core tenets has always been like not being not being one of those people that's only trying to be transactional, who's only trying to be professional. I want to treat others, you know, with respect. Mm-hmm. If I if I'm, you know, running a company, are you gonna get more with like, you know, 
treating everyone like what their job is doing at their level? Or are you going to treat them like human beings and, you know, which is going to perform better? And to me, it's always the respect. And, and, and you know, my job, I manage a store and I am in charge of people there. And when I'm there, it's there, there is much more respect going both ways, more work gets done. And it's just a more cheerful environment. And a lot of it is because I respect them as people. I don't treat them like they're, you know, cashiers. I treat them like they're my coworker. That's it. Mm -hmm. You know, they're human beings. They're doing their job just like I'm doing my job. And that kind of thing is very important to me. So whenever I, you know, interact with people, I always want to be friends. I don't want to just be, you know, professional colleagues you know, it's, it's nice to have those connections, but to me, being able to actually have genuine friendships with these people is much more rewarding. Even if I don't care if I get anything out of it, I don't mm -hmm. like just having the friendship that we do have, that we have, that we have grown is more than enough for me. And I'm very happy to have that because I not only respect you as a person and, you know, your work that you do, but like, you're just a great person to talk to. Like genuinely, you are awesome. So we have long conversations too. I, God, <laughs> we've, we've, we've gone into, we've gone into Zach's voice. That, <laughs> I, I still hate that you brought that up. I, I don't hate it, but I hate that you did. Cause I can't unhear it. Um, mm. Rick and, Gomez is the definitive Zach. He, made that character I, and i'm not trying to take away from the new voice of zach it's just yeah. it's just not I, the same I, it's it's, it's not. like it's like <laughs> it's like if they change cloud's voice like if with the remake they like completely changed his voice he had a different tone it just wouldn't sit right yeah, yeah. you know so I, but i totally get it and it's not bashing you know i i don't know who the voice actor is for the apparently he's from character. big bang theory is he Apparently huh. he is. I, I let me look that up now. <laughs> yeah. I'm I'm very curious because I've watched like two episodes, so I definitely know all of them. But <laughs> you know, and it's not bashing him. Like I I haven't I I bet his voice acting is good. The problem is it's just not Zach. That's yeah. that's the big thing. Like it's just not it's just it's just not Zach. And you know. That that that's a little bit of a bummer, but from what I've heard from you and from others, like the game is genuinely very good. Caleb Pierce. Caleb Pierce. Who's he playing Big Bang Theory? Uh he is Oh, he's in Grey's Anatomy too. What? He's Je he's Jess in Big Bang Theory. And uh, he's Charlie Peterson. In Grey's Anatomy. Well, I can say I haven't seen Grey's Anatomy, so I can't believe the show is still going. How is it still going? Like props, props to the person who created it, though. Like, you know, for a show to be going that long, it's same same thing with like The Simpsons. Simpsons has been in, still going. I don't know how. Like for a live action show to go that long. Oh, he's Timmy he Turner. What? He fairly wait, is. Is or yes. what? He is. Fairly Odd Parents, Fairly Otter. He's Timmy Turner. 
What? I I'm gonna have to watch the trailer for Crisis Core again. I need to I need to see if I because you saying that if I start to hear Timmy Turner's voice, there's no way I'm gonna get that out of my head. Every time Zach talks, <laughs> I'm gonna be sticking to the fairly odd parents. <laughs> yeah, oh, it, it's yeah, like as I'm so like you know, and I'm really not trying to spoil it for anyone, but like you know, there's that time skip in Crisis Core, and you know, there's if you played the original game, the way Rick Gomez's portrayal, like when Zach's a teenager, he's got that over the top teenager, like very much their vibe, but the lines are delivered very well. And when the time skip happens and he's older and he's gone through a lot of trial and error, he's matured out and you can hear that in his line delivery. Like, mm-hmm. For anyone who hasn't played Crisis Core, and I'm not going to spoil it, but when you get to the later half of the game, when you're winding down, and it's incredibly emotional, Rick nailed that voice. Yeah. Easily my favorite PSP game, like, by far. And probably for a while, it it was my favorite Final Fantasy game. Like, genuinely, I just thought it was so, it was so, it was so good. I really just enjoyed every aspect of it to the point where for a while it was my favorite. Hey, and, and, and here's the benefit of playing it on Steam Deck and on PC because someone's going to do it. Someone's going to make a patch to put Rick's voice back oh, in the And I can't wait for that. Hey, no, no, no shit on, on the current voice actor, but <laughs> I mean, I, I don't think I'll be able to help it, even if it's just for nostalgia purposes. Like yeah. that's just it, it hits. Yeah. You know? I'm very I'm very excited to to try it. Like very excited from everything you've told me. It's it's very exciting. I I mean, you know, and I'm very confident you're you're gonna be covering that. I I, I do believe Scorings is gonna give you that opportunity. I mean, hey, <laughs> you know, especially after today, I'm just saying. <laughs> That, that, that's a good sign. Am, that's a really good sign. I am very, I am very honored that they gave me the opportunity to cover a romancing saga. I'm also, I'm also trying to go a little bit over and above. So I, it, it honestly, it runs perfect on the Steam Deck. I could have easily put out the review today, and it, it's definitely a best on deck game. Um, but I'm also taking a little bit more time with it. I'm gonna create a video for it too. I want to show my appreciation for for the chance that they've given. So I'm trying, I'm trying to go over and above because I, I really do appreciate it. Um, I, it, and I am enjoying it. I'm really, I really am. Like it has been a good time and it, if it, it runs so well, honestly, I can't see myself. I tried playing it a little bit on my computer. There's no way this is, yeah. this is a handheld. This is a handheld game. Easily. So, so I, you know, I, I want to. I know it's. Uh, I think you're two hours ahead of me. So it's like ten sixteen where you're at right now. It is ten. Uh, so, uh, being respectful of your time, I'm going to wind this down with two <laughs> final questions because I know we're both talkers, and I know we can I keep know. going. And then you'll look oh, at the man, clock, no. and it's like, oh crap! <laughs> hey, is it two a.m.? Hey, Callisto came out, right? Um. <laughs> So, okay. So when it comes to um, the Steam Deck, 
right? Mm-hmm. I know we haven't really focused, hyper-focused on the Steam Deck. Uh, <laughs> but, but, you know, that's, we, we can do future episodes on that. But considering this is, for all intents and purposes, I mean, P- portable PC gaming is not new. You know, we've had companies, Razer, uh, Dell, or it's Alienware, and others have tried or wanted to get into the space. They haven't. We have ones that have been in the space, but they've never had the global market that Valve has. They've never had it to the point where companies are specifically optimizing their games to run so well on it. And we're not talking about just indies. We're talking about AAA as well, PlayStation, Square Enix, etc. I mean, we got because this coming later. Right? Uh, that you know, I thought was incredible to see like them put out a specific statement saying that they are optimizing for the Steam Deck later down the road. So like considering that this is for all intents and purposes a new platform and mm-hmm. do you see because when you look at and I'm I'm teetering around the question but there's so much context I have to add the context in when you look at the bigger when you look at like the bigger creators when it came to the Steam Deck you know mm-hmm. yeah, MKBHDs and all those they kind of wrote it off mm-hmm for all intents and purposes. And now it's because it's becoming more popular. You're seeing more people, your average consumer, you know, yeah. uh, Austin Evans and all these others. Now they're coming back around to it, focusing on, because again, it's where they at the, let's just be honest. This is where the algorithm is going. But, <laughs> um, do you see the steam deck as something that's going to stay? Because a lot of people, a lot of people thought this was going to be a flop. So, I mean, I think for people thinking it's going to be a flop, there's also a lot of history around that, like the Steam machines. Like, mm-hmm. I, I understand, like, when doubling down on Linux and Steam OS after the Steam machine performance, I can understand skepticism, especially after that. But, you know, I... As someone who has a lot of value when it comes to portable gaming personally... This is going to be a. De- this is my primary gaming device. There's something about playing it in the palm of my hands that makes the game feel so much more, so much more meaningful to play. Mm-hmm. Um, I think in the long term, it's going to depend on how Valve handles the Steam Deck, and a large part of that is going to be the continued support and getting other developers on board, and you know, updating the hardware in there, you know, on a cycle. I don't yeah. I I don't know how how long that cycle should be. It definitely shouldn't be a yearly cycle. I'm teetering between 2 and 3 years because, you know, technology improves so fast. But I think they've made some ridiculously smart moves in SteamOS with, you know, the ability to change a lot of the a lot of the settings so easily like setting frame rate caps is mm-hmm. super easy to do and you do it through the quick access menu. Uh, operating system wide FSR is an insane yeah. idea. And the fact that they did that is probably one of the reasons why the deck is going to, pro- this one at least, is probably going to be able to comfortably play a lot of newer games, mm-hmm. you know, and the ability for it to use FSR 2.0 as well. Um, and w- uh, the other thing is the price point. Valve, you can't beat that. No, you can't. <laughs> that, that price point is insane. 
And however they were able to hit that price point, I know that a lot of people are saying that Valve is selling them at a loss and they're making it up through, you know, Steam store sales. And it could be true, but they ha I, from what I saw, they haven't commented directly on what made their pricing painful. Because that's the only, that's what I saw, like Gabe Newell said, like the, the pricing was critical, but it was painful. We, mm -hmm. I don't know what that what that means it could be painful because other portable pcs like the one x one x player was a little bit cheaper but like uh, gpd um were selling theirs at much higher they like valve probably like i don't know after releasing it saw that and they're like oh well, we probably could have gone a little bit higher and it'd still be comfortable but you know they you know were making concessions um we don't know what that i don't know what that means exactly so I don't want to assume that that's what's happening, but because of the price point that they were able to hit, I believe that is a huge factor in why the Steam Deck has been adopted so quickly, so widely, other than it being connected to the largest PC DRM. Yeah, you know. So if Valve keeps on that track and they keep a very competitive price point while updating the hardware every two to three years and mm -hmm. improving their operating system to include these features to configure games more you know finely i i think it's it's one that'll definitely survive the test of time uh you know and the one of the biggest things i i i said this on the video i did the other day about um the team up with jeff Keeley at the game awards I, i've seen a lot of people write that off that's not a minor thing. No, it's that really is. not. <laughs> there, if you're going by MSRP, and when I when I was looking, they said they're giving away a deck every minute of the Game Awards. The Game Awards are four thirty to seven thirty, so it's three hours. But on the Steam's website, they mentioned at five o'clock. So I think it's like two and a half hours if they're going to do it. I because they do a thirty minute pre-show, don't they? Mm -hmm. Yeah, correctly, they, they might not be counting the pre-show. But that's 150 Steam Decks. And they're 512 gigabyte Steam Decks. They're not the base version. Mm -hmm. Like these did that is tons. That's that's an insane amount. That's $650 a deck. That's over a hundred thousand dollars worth of Steam Decks that they're giving away. Obviously, producing it doesn't cost that much, but that like if they were selling 150 of them, that that's a huge, that's a huge debt. So the fact that they're doing that like shows the utmost confidence that they have in their product. And mm -hmm. it, it makes me feel more confident that they ha they are willing to put their time, their weight behind it and, you know, double down on it. So, you know, I'm going to double down on it with them. So this uh, leads into the next question because, uh, Again, putting my feet to the fire because <laughs> I, I love to do this. this is the polarized aspect of myself, but um, that's you know the 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 thing that the Steam Deck is always compared to uh, is the Switch, yeah. and it's I, I'm not sure if you've seen it. I've seen it a lot in the mm -hmm. sense of you've got the diehard Switch fans that are very defensive, very mm -hmm. aggressive in attacking the Steam Deck, putting it down. 
And it's odd to me because I'm like, if you're not going to get it, why do you care about it? But there are people that say that the Steam Deck is the Switch killer mm-hmm. or that Nintendo's worried about it mm-hmm. or that, I don't know. What, what are your thoughts? I, I, I want to, this topic of Steam Deck versus Switch, oh, no, go is, ahead. So I want to say, I, before I say anything, there is, I cannot see one area of how Nintendo would be worried. Just none. Nintendo is such a known brand with iconic games that a lot of times people are buying the console to play those games. They're not buying the console to play other games. Like mm-hmm. Nintendo's got their own their own world. Like if if they release the Switch Pro, even though I have a deck, I would buy it because I'm going to play the sequel to Super Mario Odyssey and Breath of the Wild immediately. Like I'm not I'm not going to I'm I need to play those. Like they're essentials. Um, so I can't see any reason why Nintendo would be worried themselves um and to play a little bit of devil's advocate there are deck users who do the same exact thing to switch like to switch users like it's it's not just switch users being very aggressive towards the deck users it's it's vice versa it goes both ways um i in my opinion they are two they're similar but to me they have two different purposes and you know the switch is you know a video game console that's marketed towards uh, easy to play you know multiplayer locally games as well as you know the younger generation or the younger mm-hmm. kids whereas the deck you know is more for I, w- I would say more for the hardcore gamers or you know pc gamers and it's like a good medium between console and pc but it, you know it's still technically a pc it can do everything a pc can do it has desktop mode it's much more complicated than mm-hmm. something as easy as like a pick up and go switch so i don't while i understand you know that you can compare them because they both play games i don't think it's a fair comparison the deck is made to be a more powerful device it was designed differently it's designed to be a pc and the switch wasn't the switch was designed to be a video game console it was designed to be more accessible easier and run completely differently so while i do respect the opinions and i do believe that you know it's it's sometimes like when games release on both the switch and the deck you know comparing the two um i've I've done like my own comparisons for like certain games like Doom and Doom Eternal. I've compared battery life between the two in turn and how they perform and you know the different levels of that. Like, should you get it on the Switch? Should you get it on the deck? But I I don't I don't think one is going to kill the other. I think they can both live, you know, simultaneously. And you know, I have both. I have two switches and I have a deck, you know? And I use them. <laughs> exactly, and I, I I have my my OG switch and I have my OLED switch, you know. So and I love that's the one thing that I think the deck is very much missing. I would have loved to seen an OLED screen like yeah. I that and that's why I love like if you use a decky loader or a crankshaft and you have that vibrant plugin, that's that's a night and day difference to me. And having that like 
innate with the screen because the OLED would be that's the one thing that I think would have been I would have started buying these for my entire family like that's I love OLED so hopefully they do that in a future revision of the of the deck um but as far as it goes between the switch and the deck I don't think I don't think there's going to be one killing the other Nintendo's games are going to be released on the Switch and emulation, which we I don't condone unless you dump the game, which you've bought yourself. You have yeah. to own the game if you're going to do anything like that. Yeah. And, you know, to do that, you have to have a console <laughs> to do that on. So in the end, like Nintendo is going to release their games on their console and people are going to buy it because Nintendo games are they're classics. There's no, there's no game or series that I believe could replace. Um, that could replace any game that has Mario in it, any game that has yeah. Zelda's name in it, and Metroid. Any of those, like they're, like I, I just speaking for myself, I will buy them because I, I can't help it. And, and you know, I, I, um, I want to add on to that because. Uh, the co- coexistence of both platforms, you know, uh, f- for the extremes on both sides that want to say one's better than the other. I've seen uh, Steam Deck uh, YouTubers say, Switch games run better on Steam Deck. That is not entirely true. There there should be a big asterisk with that. <laughs> very, very big. Like, it's not just a, oh, because the DeX hardware is better, it can run the Switch games better. No. Like, I'm pretty yeah. sure, if I remember correctly, people were dumping their versions of the new Pokemon game, and it ran just the same. Yeah. Like, just the same. Even with, like, any modifications, it was, the performance was still poor. I can't, yeah. I, I actually haven't touched more of, of, uh, I, I got Violet. I haven't touched Violet as much as I want to just because the performance issues are too much for me and deck didn't deck doesn't make it better. So it's, yeah. it, there's a big asterisk with that. Yeah. And, 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 you know, going back to them being able to coexist and, and why both sides need to truly understand like the importance of that is the fact that it gives us as gamers choice like right now you've got compared to again our era you know being the old men now <laughs> but you know our era you had super nintendo sega genesis sega saturn playstation 64 pc engine uh atari jaguar the Lynx, panasonic 3do uh, a lot of this stuff that a lot of younger generation probably has no idea what it is, but there, it was a wild west of gaming back then. Now everything is what controller do you want to pick up at this point? What mm-hmm. exclusives do you want to play? But for yeah. the most part, uh, there's parity across the board when it comes to all these games on mm-hmm. the main three console, you know, PlayStation for, uh, Four, five, Xbox, Series X. I was gonna say <laughs> they still they do Xbox One X, Series X, yeah, Series S. That naming convention. Oh. I know. I did the whole <laughs> Xbox One X and then Series X. Just I, I don't know what happened with that. Like I don't know what they were thinking. Like why? Yeah, <laughs> it would be a better. 
So, so like, so like you got that, and then you've also got the fact that now, you know, you have. I mean, you also got the Switch as well. So those are the big three, big three mm-hmm. companies. And then you got PC gaming, which has always been there, but it's yeah. never been really the mainstream outlet. But now it's becoming more mainstream. It's and, starting to shift, yeah. And, and the Steam Deck is getting more people, even if they aren't diving full head on into. Like we've got multiple monitors, different keyboards, and we can talk about you know, Cherry MX switches and such like that. I mean, we can go into really hardcore stuff. You know, that that could be a whole like day of talking about that. But like, you've got more people who are curious about the Steam Deck there, and now that you know you can order it and get it within a week to two weeks, more people are going to dive into it, experience the vastness of. PC gaming, the vast library of Steam, and just it gives us choice. It's the fourth yeah. platform, and we could say, well, fifth. Let's just say fifth. It technically is the fourth because it's, it's part of PC gaming, but it's the fifth because yeah. you know there's like a distinction. Extension. You know, like it's an extension, but like, like people it's like an in between. Yeah, you know, um, but because because it's the new platform. And it's a successful one. I've seen people say, oh, we've got Steam Deck Killers with the, you know, was it the uh, the AOK Zoe and all these other, you know, the, mm-hmm. the 1X players and, and because they're more powerful. Yeah, they are more powerful in many aspects. But at the same time, are you going to get the same level of customer care that Valve is giving you from a lot of these companies that churn out a new product every quarter? Yeah. No, that that's always been something that's concerned me a bit is like companies that will, you know, bring out revisions almost what feels like immediately, mm-hmm. you know, like <clears throat> at least with the deck, you know, Valve hasn't made any announcement of of their of their next revision other than they are, you know, they are open to it. They want to continue the line, but they haven't released any information about when that would be or what it would include or anything like that, which I think is a great move because it just shows how much confidence they have in their one product that they are selling. Um, no, I, I, I also, I've always loved, I, I started off gaming and I was primarily like of the three like main consoles, I was primarily PlayStation. Like I remember having my PlayStation one and sucking at Frogger and you know, moving on, moving up. <laughs> and then as soon as soon, I think the game that got me really interested in PC gaming and really wanting to trying it was actually Gary's mod. I remember seeing Gary's mod and I was just like, yo, I can do anything I want in that game. I want to play that. And I got my first PC and it was the first, the first thing I got on there was the, the pack of Gary's mod and Counter-Strike Source. And I, I I never went back. Like I mean, I have all the other consoles, but I I it became my main almost immediately. Keyboard and mouse just feel so much better. And as PC gaming has evolved, I found it to be, you know, before like the Epic Game Store came along, it was the place where that exclusivity went to die. You know, there yeah. was no exclusivity on PC. You know, when when a game was released, 
on a console. It was also released on PC. And we see that now even more with like PlayStation's games coming to PC, which still blows my mind. Yeah. Like genuinely, I can't believe that the PlayStation exclusives are coming to PC. Like Xbox, I could see it happening because it's Microsoft and Windows. But PlayStation, that was insane. So to me, like PC was that place where gaming all came together. It's a little bit different now because Epic does buy up exclusives. So, you know, they're playing that game now, which I have my own thoughts about. Like I res- I res- I'm glad that they have that kind of share, but I hate the exclusive game on PC. Yeah. Yeah. Like I really hate that aspect. Like I I wish <clears throat> you know, I want developers. I wish there was some deal where like indie developers specifically would have a better share on Steam. Like that's yeah. something I I wish was possible cuz they like I understand if like I understand if you know the bigger companies that have insane you know, audiences have like a 70, 30 share, but like the ones who are just starting out, who have a smaller share, I, I really think that should be closer to what Epic has, but you know, I, I just don't like the exclusive game. So that's, that's something that's kind of turned me away from the Epic game store for the most part. Um, I will give them some props for the way that they give out free games though. Like that is, that is something, (laughs) Like, what was it? Like, two weeks ago, I think, they gave... Or it might have been last week. They gave away the Evil Dead game. Mm-hmm. I, I can't believe they did that. Like, they gave away GTA five that one time. Yeah. Like, uh, the entire Tomb Raider trilogy, too. Yeah. They, like, for people <laughs> who don't have that kind of finances and they're just getting into gaming and they have a PC but they can't afford, like, these big games, what Epic's doing in that sense is incredible. Like it, yeah. it, like my father, he he's not a very big into gaming, but because of like being able to get those free games, he is trying more. He's enjoying it more, and yeah. I think of all the of all the things that the company is doing, that and the revenue share are the two things they're doing right. All right, so we've covered a lot today on this podcast and and definitely um the 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 final question i have for you is uh did you have fun oh i had a blast i could i could keep going if we just wanted to let the let the clock run (laughs) well i because i know i know um you you have to work in the morning so i i want to be respectful of you and your time and we definitely we need to do this again. I'd love to do this again with you, have you back on the show. And, you know, it's kind of, it's funny because we were supposed to have done this, I want to say two months ago. Was it two months ago? I don't think so. t- I, It couldn't have been was two months month? ago. Was I, it two months ago? I, I think it was last month and we set it for like a couple weeks ahead. I think we started talking about it last month and we said, we, because who is it? I think it was actually... A, a tweet that you put out and you mentioned a couple other people that you were interested in yeah, bringing on yeah. the show. And I was one of those people and I reached out too, but I think I was more on the later end and you did the others first. Yeah. And I think so, the only one that, uh, Brian, was it Brian Gardner? He's the only one that I haven't had on, but everyone else I've had on. And, 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 and it's just trying to, the, the biggest thing was scheduling. Cause a lot of times it's like, I, I'm here in Hawaii, so I'm at the ass end of the time zones. So, <laughs> so, so it's, it's really hard. 
And like sometimes uh, we can get it going and then something pops up. I don't know the last time we were supposed to do it and I was having so many issues on my end and uh, I'm glad we were able to do it. The the worst I've ever had when it came to like doing a podcast was uh, uh, my friend um, uh, Ash Paulson from Good Vibes Gaming. And uh, we were trying to get that going for a year and a half. Really? Our schedules, our schedules just never lined up and it's, it's crazy. Um, yeah, that, that was wild. (laughs) We, we went on for like an hour. We were like, damn, it took us almost two years to get this going. (laughs) But you know, it's, it's been great having you on, man. We, we definitely got to do this again. And, And what, you know, I'm gonna throw another question out there. What, what, what should people expect? Like, uh, future of, SCHQ podcasts, you know, live streams. What what, what, what we got going? Um, <laughs> so, so we are we are finalizing a deal with a sponsor to start our own podcast as well. Okay. So we are we are working on that. Um, as I've I've as we've kind of mentioned, I am reaching out to other um, I am reaching out to other companies and indie developers because we would we want to cover their games and we would love to do so in a larger capacity in terms of being able to uh, create video content in a timely manner live stream these games when allowed of course um Mm -hmm. but we would love to have that opportunity to be able to um to be able to bring the best settings the best reviews that we possibly can you know, when embargoes would lift, when, you know, in a, in a more timely manner for like, you know, Callisto protocol, for instance, while we are going to take a first look at it tonight, I definitely won't be able to have like a review of it, you know, ready, you know, for a little bit. Cause I have to actually play the game. So we would love, we're, we're working on that as well. And we've had, we've had much more luck than we should for how, how new we are. Um, so you're I gonna, sent you something. Oh, did you? Okay. Um, I'll, I'll t- oh, I already know that. I'm already. You got that one? Yeah. I'm okay. Right yeah. No, that that's helped a bit. There, there was some, there was some uh, on there that didn't, that the it the emails like didn't go through or anything like that. But yeah, no, I'm on there. I've I I used it a little bit. Um. But yeah, so definitely, we're definitely putting more into our video content as well. We're doubling down on YouTube. We're still deciding whether we're going to be streaming on Twitch or YouTube. We haven't fully decided yet, or I haven't fully decided yet. Um, Twitch, I'm, I know the landscape. I did it for a while and I understand like what you can put into it. Um, I don't know that much about the YouTube aspect of streaming just yet, but since that's where we're posting videos, I haven't decided if we should only do YouTube and try to stick to that or, you know, separate and do Twitch for live stream content. Um, you know, we're going to keep on, we're going to keep on reviewing and, you know, covering the news as much as we can. I, and I do, I appreciate, you know, the, the community and everyone understanding that, you know, cause I do have a full-time job as well, that sometimes things are a little bit more on the delayed side I try not to as much as possible, but I really do appreciate the understanding that everyone has had so far with it. Um, 
but yeah, more reviews. We're working on videos. We're working on podcast stuff as well. Hoping to, hoping to figure that out by the middle of this month and just going to continue what we're doing. You know, the good stuff. I'll tell you this podcasting is an entirely different beast. Uh, it, it's, it's fun. So, um, I'm on four shows. This mm-hmm. is the fourth show and I'm actually going to be on a fifth one very soon. Really? Like that you're uh, hosting? Yeah. Dang. Yeah. So, uh, my main show is Casanova Podcast, which has been going since 2016, 2017. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's the one I'm known for. Uh, the second show is the Best Damn Podcast Show, period, which is a parody of the Best Damn Sports Show, period, which is something I loved watching as a kid. Um, basically, that's more of my cut loose, talk about generally anything type of show. Uh, third show that I'm on is uh, one that I uh, stepped in to be a co-host with my wife. We have a uh, we have the biggest anime and manga podcast here in Hawaii, being Paw Podcast Across Worlds. And uh, the last thing we did with that, we uh, actually worked with Netflix and um, got to interview the creator of Dota Dragon's Blood, which was That's awesome. Insane. Yeah, no that, kidding. That was crazy. Can't even imagine. Yeah. And um, then this is the fourth show, you know, decked up, uh, Steam Deck mm-hmm. and, and Entertainment Podcast, and and all, and this fifth show. Ugh. <laughs> this is fifth. I can show. tell you're excited. I okay, I I am and I'm not because I'm like this is more time because I'm getting to a point where I'm like and, and this is why I like if you're a teenager or a young person and you want to be so quick to grow up don't do it don't fall for that trap because <laughs> you have less time when you get older to really do anything you would think you have more time but you you really don't I, the window gets very small. Yeah, as a, f- a fifth show, uh, I'm I'm going to be doing um, with a fairly prominent voice actor, uh, mm-hmm. and, and uh, we we're, we're going to see where that goes. But I'm going to be uh, pr- the primary host of that. So <laughs> if, if that goes through, you guys know I'll, I'll add that to my manner of stuff that I'm doing. But uh, yeah, podcasting it's fun. It's uh pretty untapped and i hear my toddler she is going off anyway that that's that's the alarm anyways <laughs> that's, the I, I, right there. that's the cue uh i i'm excited for you with this podcast and uh, endeavor you know if there's any uh if you need help with anything let me know with that because we'll i know it, it's it's <laughs> you know and, and i i welcome it because it, it you know I'm, I'm really someone who likes to help people i really very strongly believe in paying it forward and helping others because you know respir- it, it goes a long way reciprocity goes mm-hmm. a long way um as far as twitch or youtube twitch I, as much as twitch gets flack it's still the platform for streaming and they're gonna have to make changes to you know to to be more better for their creators but as far as like youtube taking over that scene i don't know I don't know if YouTube YouTube's kind of like the Walmart right now, and that's not yeah, always a great thing. Yeah, with the short form content and trying, they're trying to do a lot, but it doesn't feel like they're sticking the landing on it. Yeah, like, so. and I I agree with that too. It's more just 
you know, do I want to focus our audience to one platform or do I want to go to a bigger platform and kind of split it up for certain content, you know? So that, that's just a, that's just something that I'm, I'm mulling over, but you know, I'm, I know Twitch. I did Twitch. You know, I understand it. I know how to set it up. I've worked. So, you know, it wouldn't be completely, completely out of the ordinary. So, but either, but I do have, I do, I do think Twitch is kind of where I'm leaning towards personally, just because I know it. Yeah. Oh, and, and but, the big, the biggest thing is always having a workflow that just works for you. You know, it's it's easy to get burned out, take breaks as you need them. And for for the audience, one thing I want to really quickly say for the audience, you know, uh, we, we as journalists, as creators, we try to get content out to you as quickly as possible. We appreciate you who understand. You know, this is a process. It takes time, especially when companies like Square Enix want to drop games all the time. Come on, you guys. It's it's so hard. <laughs> it's so hard to choose. We love it's, them all. God, they really yeah. do. Like, it, yeah. it's, been, it's been painful not playing all those games. Yeah. So it, it's... We, we appreciate you guys taking the time and, and understanding it's a process. It, it's a weird thing how... If a game is beyond a week to two weeks at this point, it's considered old for our era. Would never consider no. that old, no. but it's weird when I'm seeing journalists say, Oh, that game came out like a week ago. That's an old game already. Like, as if it's like a decade no. or more. I'm like, Yeah. Oh, you know. God, no. Like, I could maybe understand getting away with like maybe a game that's a year and a half to two years old. Maybe. But that yeah. even still, I wouldn't consider that like an old game. Like I wouldn't even consider like, you know, Uncharted Four or or God of War twenty eighteen. Those games are not old to me. Those are those are games that still hold up today. To me, those are brand new games. Like not brand new, but the point is they're not old. <laughs> <laughs> like they're not brand new. Literally like twenty eighteen in the title. Um, but no, I there's no way I could consider those like old games. So all that being said, anything you want to leave the audience with before we go? Uh, I mean, not specifically. I really appreciate you having me on here. It has been such a great time and a fantastic experience, and I'm honored to be here. Okay. And where can people find you? Uh, they can find me. <laughs> I mean, at this point. Uh, well, I mean, primarily our website, you know, where everything is updated, steamdeckhq.com. And you know where we're most active, Twitter and Mastodon, where we're Steam Deck HQ on both. The handle is yeah. Um, and then on YouTube, I think we're actually under the acronym there at, at SDHQ because that one I knew I wouldn't be able to change later, so I wanted to make sure we had it just in case. Um, so yeah, Steam Deck HQ or SDHQ on YouTube. Okay, cool. And I will leave links to everything in the description down below. Uh, so. Make sure you follow them on all available platforms. Make sure you go to uh, their website. And also you have a Patreon. Want to talk about that real quick? Uh, I mean, I try not to go over and above with the Patreon just because I'm it's, – it's a weird, complicated feeling I have with it. Like I appreciate mm -hmm. it a lot. I really do. But I feel, I, I feel a little bit guilty kind of doing – getting making some money that way. You know what I mean? Like mm -hmm. – if I could do this all without a Patreon, I would love to do it. But it really, 
you have no idea how much it helps. Like the Patreon, the money that comes in from that really does help. Um, especially at this stage. So, I mean, if you want, if you want to check it out by all means, like we really do appreciate it. I really appreciate it because that is never a way that I want to make money. So, you know, it doing it would be a, it's a huge help to us. And I hope to, with those tears to give back as much as I possibly can as a thank you for supporting us that way. And with that being said, that's, that's the episode people. We hope you enjoyed it. And uh, if you have any questions or anything, make sure you leave them. Uh, if you're watching it on YouTube in the comment section down below, or if you're listening to it on your preferred outlets, uh, reach out, you know, there's a, you can leave a rating or you can uh, hit us up on, you know, the socials, social media. So that's always the quickest way to get to us. Mm-hmm. Well, me, I, I, I'm a little late to get back to people, but I still see it. still there. Fun. Yeah. Just, just, just add, add us on Twitter. I will respond. Yeah, this is true. <laughs> I'll be there. Uh, so um, uh, that being said, I want to give a special thank you to this, uh, this, this, the sponsor of this episode, which is none other than Turtle Beach. They, if you're looking for some of the greatest, uh, well, I don't know. That's kind of a stretch. <laughs> no offense, Turtle Beach. If you're looking for some good, good, good products, uh, for they're good. You know, they're good. <laughs> they're 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 pretty good. They're pretty neat. Uh, as far as like uh, same thing with Rocket. If you're looking to pick up any uh, keyboards and mice, they got some really good deals, uh, especially with the Vulcan Two Pro and the Vulcan Two Mini, which I have both of them. Or if you're looking at the Cone Pro Air and such, I've got these here. You know, they, oh, Rocket neat because i'm using a neat microphone king b2 shout out to them it's all one it's an umbrella of a company but yeah they're sponsoring this episode of the podcast so i wanted to show them some love so if you want to pick up any of those items i have those linked down below if you want and uh outside of that hope y'all have a great one stay safe be blessed have some little uh and uh we'll see you again on the next episode